This is Cody Mack, voice of the Franklin Parish Patriots and co-host of The Extra Point on KMAR Thursdays during football season at 5 p.m. You are listening to The Extra Point Podcast, a playback of our weekly show. Don't forget you can listen live on Thursdays during football season only on KMAR, Mixler.com, and TuneIn Radio. Or you can check it out right here, The Extra Point Podcast. The opinions expressed in this program are those of the host and participants and do not reflect the opinions of KMAR. Welcome to the Extra Point. We're not even on, man. We're not on. I show that we're on. Second and goal from the one. They hand it off up the middle, and it's going to be a touchdown for Greg Bailey, who gets his first carry and the first touchdown of the year. Here's a snap. Now they're going to pass it. They're going to throw it. Banks is open, and Banks makes the catch. Touchdown, Franklin Parrish. What a great play. Blake, great play call, but the play was worked to perfection, Cody. Fourth down and six. LT's going to keep it. LT's got the first down and more inside the 10-5 touchdown. His second touchdown of the night, LT Major, a 19-yard touchdown run. And welcome to another edition of the Extra Point right here on your home for high school football on Friday night. Franklin Parish Patriots. And, of course, uh, we are celebrating fall, finally. The area, Cody Marano here. Great week to be LSU Tiger. Right. Great week to be a Tiger. We'll jump alive. Go Tiger. Hey, man, it, it is, it's certainly going to be a lively atmosphere across northeast Louisiana Friday night and Saturday. Uh, I mean, could you drew it up any better? You got the governor's election. Big showdown north versus south. Yeah. And then you got LSU in Florida. The hate has just been brewing over so much since Hurricane Matthew a few years ago. You remember that? They always hated each other. But this is a disdain that just just seeps over into every sport now. And they meet up undefeated. 7 o'clock game under the lights where the bourbon fills the air at Tiger Stadium. You can't, you can't draw it up any better, buddy. It's going to be if fun. If you're an LSU fan, you literally have to be chomping at your bits having to – Having watched what Joe Burrow and the new LSU offense has done, having watched the LSU defense kind of come out of their uh, hibernation last week against Utah State and knowing that they get Florida this week yes, at home. yes, And, and people that want to say Utah State, what, what, okay, they, they have a quarterback that's going to be drafted probably in the top 15 sure. in the draft. Yeah. They had a team that went 11-1 and last year. So don't, don't sniff at Utah State. They, they dominated that game. And you could tell they were much better at tackling. I mean, they did not miss a tackle. There was no missed tackles last week. And Derek Stingley, I mean, continues to show that he may be on, you know, the Thorpe watch list as a true freshman. He's, he, to me, he's been the star of that secondary this year. Sure, sure. And, and, and it's been great. Anybody who was hating on the defense, relax just a <laughs> little bit. Because you're right. You, that Utah State team, that yeah. was that was the uh, the hiccup. That was yep. the Troy game from a couple of years ago. Exactly. That, that was, was the, the Troy game. That was the game you lose. Yes. You weren't supposed to. You, know, you look it, ahead of them maybe to get to Florida and take them kind of lightly. The number six ranked offense comes in and 
kind of puts up 30 points and yeah. maybe you get the win. But, it, you know, it, now everybody's got to talk for a whole week about, you know, who are you? What's, what's wrong with the di- – no, chill all that out. And we're fine. And not only that. We're fine. Orgeron says this week, highly likely Divinity, Richard Lawrence, Glenn Logan – back in the starting lineup on Saturday. That's three pretty big names on the defensive side of the ball. They've been waiting to get healthy. Yeah, and it's going to be Saturday night in Death Valley. Yeah, man. It's going to be fun. a lot of history between these two teams when they're playing at night. You can think back to 97 when Florida was number one. Steve Spurrier's number one Gators came in, and the goalposts snapped like twigs down in Tiger Stadium after the game. Ten years later, Jacob Hester completely annihilates Tim Tebow in front of a packed house the same night USC goes down to Stanford and LSU jumps into the number one spot the next one. It's so much history, but it's especially special when it's a night game. Yeah, college football, this time of year, the conference games start getting kicked off, and you you start seeing some really good matchups. You got LSU-Florida this weekend, and then a couple weeks from now, you're going to have LSU and Auburn and uh, Death Valley as well. That's going to be fun. And then a couple weeks after that, going to be LSU and Alabama. Yeah. It's October, first part of November. It's going to be just college football in general right now, it's it's kind of wide open. There's there's a, a handful of teams. Not, I wouldn't say a handful. It's more like five, six, seven teams that really could win it right now. It could be the team hoisting the trophy in the year. You couldn't say that the past couple years. You know, It's basically been Bama, Alabama, Bama, Alabama. It's not like that this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bama, uh, Clemson. Clemson. It's not yeah. like that this year. you got several teams that are really showing they could – they could be the one holding the title at the end of the year. Well, right now you've got three SEC teams. Now, of course, all of these teams are going to play each other. Florida and Georgia still have to play each other, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, Alabama and LSU still have to play each other. Auburn lost last weekend to Florida. They slipped out of the, the top ten. I think they're number 11 right now. But yeah. still, a lot of football left to play for them to creep back into the things oh, yeah. uh, as well. So, yeah, all of that being said, yeah, I mean, you're looking at – I mean, you're, you're looking – there's going to be a possibility that two SEC te- – Alabama very, does it all the time. You know, they lose maybe middle of the season, but they yeah. play so many tough matchups that the the top 25 or top 10 matchups are able to get them back in to uh, the talk at the end of the year, even yeah. if they don't a, go a to lot the of SEC championship. Debate, there was a lot of people that would debate you and says they play, play so many tough matchups, but I, I, you're saying SEC matchups. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm saying if they if they have a slip-up and they lose an SEC game, yeah. now it hasn't happened in recent years, mm-hmm. but you know, four or five years ago, they would get, especially in 2011, they lose to LSU, but they have so many matchups uh, between LSU and the end of the season right. where that was able to get them back into the talk. Where was, LSU, Joe, where was Joe Brady then? Where was he? Oh, oh, he was in high school or middle school. Yeah. <laughs> Not Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, the guy you yeah, know, that's, yeah. that's uh, the quarterback's coach for LSU, the passing game coordinator. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's, it's going to be a wild ride. These next month for LSU, boy, it, it's going to really tell the tale. If they're, if they're for real, Yeah, we'll know it. Is, is it. is it safe to say that LSU-Florida is really kind of the biggest rivalry in the SEC? Right now, I, I – yeah, I think you would have to say – well, I think you would say LSU – as far as LSU is concerned, A&M's got to be right there too because of last year. But, yeah, there's more history with this yeah. one for Historic sure. Historic there, There's kind of one building with A&M after what they did and the way they've talked preseason – last year in the, in the game that was 79 to whatever, yeah. 76. And then preseason, Kellen Mond talking all that smack. And all. It's just there's one building there, and it's usually on Thanksgiving, so it's, it's kind of special. But, yeah, the history between this one and Florida – and, and it was always there, but 
the fact that the Hurricane Matthew thing that came through, I, I believe they had like a skeleton of a tiger on the side. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a lot of um, hate there. And, uh, you know, it goes all – you can certainly goes back to the Tim Tebow era. You know, Cody, I was – I was covering LSU back in the Tebow era, and I went down to Gainesville and covered one of those games. It was uh, 07. Uh, of course, LSU was – no, 08. A year removed from the yeah, title. from the, the title. year before. Yeah. Not a very good year. Um, went 7-4 that year. LSU wasn't a very good team. They, they didn't have a quarterback that year. They had a redshirt freshman and Jarrett Lee that never thrown a pass before. Yeah. In college football, and they had Andrew Hatch, a guy that nobody even knew existed. He transferred from Harvard and LSU. Like, why are you here? Uh, he was an option quarterback, so they didn't really know what they were going to. Plus, they had to replace you know a lot of guys like Jacob Hester right, and a ton right. of guys on defense. So it was a rough year. So Florida was a top five team. You got to go down into Gainesville. I'd never been there before, and, and if you know, probably a lot of people say this about a lot of fan bases, but they were the rudest, most hateful fan base I saw in the SEC in all my traveling. And uh, it was, a, you know, the time switches, so you lose an hour, and it was already 8 o'clock game. And, you know, by halftime, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, i got to get up at 6 a.m. and catch a plane and get back to Baton yeah. Rouge, and I'm going to lose an hour. And it was like 40 to nothing at halftime. And then we're losing about 40 to nothing at halftime. Jarrett Lee had already thrown a pick six. He threw seven pick sixes that year, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. And he throws one to Brandon Spikes, and he punts it out of the end zone. He punts it into, into the crowd. The, into the crowd. And – I remember looking down the field and Urban Myers clapping. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's a reason people hate you. Yeah. <laughs> so my 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 feeling about the rivalry goes back to that. Of course, uh, you know, the year before, LSU beat them in a very tough game four for four on fourth down. Five for five. Five for five fourth down five five, with with yeah. Hester. You know, Tebow's and this was his la- Tebow's last year was of course this year and they the year I was in Florida and they just I think it ended up being 55 to 14. So it was rough, but there's so many games like that and even through the 90s, I mean, the Spurrier run, they were beating LSU 50 to nothing left and right. But um you know, this kids playing on Saturday, they don't know any yeah, a lot they, of that stuff. Some of them they, weren't they, even they, born They then. do remember the Hester <laughs> stuff though. Yeah. And they do remember certainly what happened last year losing to Florida over there with that last pick by Joe Burrow, and that's something they, they want to turn around. You think you, you know Joe Burrow remembers that? Mm. He's, he's a guy that don't forget anything. He's got a little, you know, he's one of those meticulous guys. You can tell he, he, he keeps him up at night, yeah. of course. Uh, he's certainly improved since last year. Yep. It's October, though, Cody. We got to knock this out of the way early here in the show. Baseball, some crazy stuff's been going on. Yeah. Season. Yeah. How do you get to the point of the season? Game five. Okay. Decisive. Decisive game five. And you give up ten runs in an inning. Yeah. How how does that happen? I I know baseball's different. Some days you ain't got it. Yeah. Yeah. But how is it that day? The most important day of the season. You give up ten runs in the first inning. Yeah. It's the curse of the Wahoo, man. They took away the the tomahawk chop. That's what did them in. Is that what did it? That's what did them in. I can't do the tomahawk chop anymore. Is that because of society? Yeah, okay. Because society. Because like Florida State still girls does it. And their feelings. Florida State still does it. So. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. they got to pay the Seminole Nation a lot of money to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. And okay, so the Dodgers. Yeah. It's the uh, eighth inning. You got two outs. Nobody's on base. Hey, let's put Clayton Kershaw in, who's not a reliever. No. Okay, he's not. He's a starting pitcher. That's what you pay him to do. And you saw what happened. He gives a couple bombs, he gets into extra innings, and it's over with, and your season's over with. What was the 
as a coach, what are you thinking there? You're two out. I think he was thinking of Madison Bumgarner situation. I know left on left. I think he's, it was left on uh, left on left thing. Is was partly why I put him in, but still, I I, re- I really do. I think it was a it's a Madison Bumgarner thing. It's uh, you know you're you're in the playoffs. It's game five. You got to win it to go to the next round. Um, you know it's it's winter go home. You know these guys have been playing. Now look, Clayton Kershaw is not. A reliever, but this is not the first time they brought him in in the oh, playoffs no, to no, relieve. No, that's fine. Um, but you know, there again, we it's saw the first time that happened. But you saw two days ago. You know, Kershaw just pitched like three or four days ago. It, he did not get a full yeah rotation rest that you normally would get. And, and I'm a after this week, I, I think I'm a believer in that. I mean, I've Absolutely. always heard that. But Verlander had the Verlander, same yeah. thing happen the other night. You know, just got. If there's anybody I would have bet on on short rest, it was Verlander. But I guess, you know, he is 38, 36, 37, yeah. 38 now. And, and that one day can make all the difference in the world in that arm being ready. Yeah. I mean, but you go back to the Braves game. You had uh, the starting pitcher through a third of an inning. He gave up six earned runs. Here's my question. As a coach, mm. when you get to that two, three, maybe four. Well, I know what you would have been doing. I, you know, he jerked his jersey off after that second run. Some coaches, yeah, I guess they're thinking there's no way this can keep going, right? He's got to find, got to find a. And it wasn't home runs. It wasn't grand slam. It was like little chip shots. Yeah, just, just you know, rotating the lineup. Yeah, that was what's so strange about that first inning. But I mean, so it's thirteen to one, and they're down ten nothing after the first inning. Uh, starting pitcher gives up six runs. The guy who comes in for him to finish up the inning, two thirds of an inning pitch, four runs. Ooh! And they still put him back out there. Yeah, it's it's when they're it's nice, do or die. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's kind of crazy. And so and the whole Bryce Harper thing. Everybody was talking before the season. That's too much money. Yeah. Uh, there's no way this guy's the contracts are ridiculous in MLB. He's lived up to the hype. He he's done it with the season he's had. You know I don't know. I don't know if they're going to win the World Series. If they're going to even get there, but I but mean, that's the that's the deal, though. Bryce Harper's not there anymore. Bryce Harper's in Philly. Yeah, Philly yeah. gave him that money, well, and the Nationals yeah, are now right, going yeah. to the NLCS without Bryce Harper. That. And yeah. and that's the thing, like um, with the Yankees, though. So it's been so, they've been battling out for years with Boston, putting up the type of numbers as far as contracts to get the type of guys in. The same with the, the Red Sox has the same pretty much the same money to deal with than the Yankees. Sure. Now. Yeah. Okay. So, but it hasn't been working out for the Yankees, but it's worked out for the Red Sox for the past 10, 15 years. This year, what what changed? What was different? Uh bullpen, pitching. Pitching had a big part of it. Um, you know, they they went through a stretch there first couple of months of the season. They had a lot of injuries. Yeah. You know, uh, Stanton well, had to come back through the farm yeah. system. He was hurt. Judge was the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they finally got everybody back that they had on day one of the regular season, it just yeah, it went from well, there. I mean, you look at their roster and you wonder how that they don't do this every year. Yeah, but it's call, certain, they don't call them Bronx Bombers for a reason. But it certainly it's, looks kind of the same way year. when you look at the Astros roster this year and you look at the, the type of seasons up and down the lineup and in the type of pitchers they have coming out of the bullpen. They they're starting each and every night. They kind of look a lot like the Yankees and like. How these guys lose the game? Yeah. So uh, tonight, I can't wait for I, yeah. It's it's a big game tonight. Yeah. But um, what, what do you think about tonight? Uh, I think you know Houston. Houston's putting the American League Cy Young Award winner, and it hadn't been announced yet. But I figured Garrett yeah. Cole is going to be you know right there in the mix. I think he'll win it. 
And uh, I think Houston, playing behind that Houston crowd, I think they uh, they oh, yeah. probably put up eight or nine runs tonight. I Break. don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a blowout. I think uh, Tampa Bay played off that crowd the other night. You know, and they, you know, Verlander wasn't on his game. They took what he gave him. Yeah, they had some ground balls that they were able to, you know, the balls were able to find a hole in the infield to get to the outfield. You, you, it wasn't like they got drummed. They got beat four to one. Yeah, exactly. But if if you didn't if you watch the game without knowing what the score was, you thought, man, Tampa Bay's beating them really bad. But it wasn't. When it are they going to take bad. that team out of Tampa Bay? Send send it back to Montreal. Uh, Give me the Expos, 80s uniforms. You had two Canada teams, Multicolor uniforms. Yeah. French-speaking coach. I, I, want the, I want Montreal to have a team again. You know the the crazy thing about it? It's playoffs, so people are going to yeah. come out and watch it because it's the playoffs. That place was packed. It was sold out. But just once, two weeks ago, there were like nobody. ten people in the crowd. <laughs> like like a ridiculous. guy crocheting in the upper deck. Yeah. There were the, the Miami Zoo – Oh. Costs more to get into Miami Zoo than it does to get into college and pro games right now in the state and of Florida. I and I don't get that because Miami's a, you know, it's a very uh, Latino heavy culture, which of course Cuba is huge in baseball. Baseball, the whole the whole Latino world is huge in baseball right now, and you would think that they would come out and support a baseball team, but they do not. Hadn't been there. They do not. Hadn't been there. Is that Jeter's fault? I don't know. He might need to do something. Jeter. 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 Jeter's looking for uh, – oh, I really think Jeter's looking for a, a World Series ring right now at the <laughs> Miami Marlins. It's just not happening. No. It's not going to happen. Hey, uh, we're just getting kicked off right here on a Thursday. The extra point uh, right here on the bird. Coming up next, we'll uh, take a look back at last week's high school football action and uh, get you set up for tomorrow – or tonight and tomorrow. Got a couple of games tonight. Yep. And uh, we'll get you set up on all the action uh, here in week six of the LHSAA. Plus, head coach Whitney McCartney will join us. We'll talk a little uh, union game last week for the Patriots. And uh, they got the juggernaut tomorrow night yep. over uh, in uh, Washtenaw Parish. It's uh, Neville Tigers will host Franklin Parish it's tomorrow. straight district titles. Uh, the Tigers coming off a, a big loss last week, too. Yep, yep. So they're they're going to be out for uh, revenge to get the, their uh, win, winning total back up uh so we'll talk about that much more plus our pigskin pick them for this week all on the way right here on the bird it is the extra point you're listening to the extra point podcast a playback of our thursday show on kmar mixler.com and tune in radio tune in thursdays at 5 p.m for the extra point now back to the show it's the extra point what do you see? The sun is rising Most definitely A new day is coming ooh, ooh. People are changing And welcome back inside the studios here. KMR. Get ready. Yeah. Get ready. El Camino. El Camino. Tomorrow. That's right, man. 
Any Breaking Bad fans out there, they knew exactly what that song Who's was not? about. I, I can remember us talking Breaking Bad, Cody, back in the Nathan J. Cody McMorning oh, yeah. morning show yeah. days. Yeah. So Nathan didn't have a clue. He, he didn't know. He's like, that sounds great, you crazy kids. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he had no idea. No. But uh, great no. show. I don't really think he would have approved <laughs> if he knew it. I don't it think he would it. get the Nathan J. stamp uh, of yeah, approval. I don't think so. I don't think so, man. Yeah, not, not something that's uh, not a family-friendly uh show but not too many are i mean i don't watch it with my kids but it was one of those shows where you can go back and look now and say that's that there's, there was nothing like that then and there's nothing like that now and that's why they're able to do spinoffs of it now and they're able to do this netflix movie that's yeah. uh kind of a, I guess a post breaking bad movie yeah yeah i uh, can't wait for it though yes can't wait for it uh, we just know jesse pinkman's gonna be in a lot of trouble a lot of trouble a lot of people after jesse and he's got what's the what's the guy that used to help him, the uh, 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 Basher, uh, yeah, <laughs> something yeah. like that, Beaver, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was uh, Badger, 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 Badger. and uh, yeah, the other guy, guy, the skinny guy. He can play guy piano the... real well. That's, <laughs> that's all right. I remember about him. Yep. So yeah, that's uh, that comes out tomorrow. It's your Netflix, Netflix tip of the day. That's yeah, right. It's, it's gonna be fun. Uh, we are getting set for another week of great high school football action. Let's uh, go back over last week's action. Yeah. Uh, Tinsaw Academy all over Riverdale, 66-32. Um, it was Dale High Charter defeating Madison, 18-6. West Washita still unbeaten as they defeated know. Northwood, 42-6. And, and, and Northwood, uh, you know, not not a North, the strong Northwood. There's two Northwoods. Yeah. Uh, Wasman beat the, the undefeated Northwood team, but still – the way West Washington's winning games, blowing, uh, just dominating teams with a running game, got two or three backs that they can really rely on, and a really big offensive line. Of course, now it's district play starts this week. Yeah. We'll get a good gauge on them. I still think they're going to be way better than people expect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're in that tough 5A district now with West Monroe and, and Ash, uh, Ash Washington, Rustin, yeah. Natchitoches Central. Yeah, good. It's be, Pineville, I believe, is in there. That's right. That's right. Uh, Oak Grove. Defeated St. Fred's 21-7 last Friday night. That surprised me a little bit. I expected them to run expected away. to be a little bit further. Yeah, yeah, I did. And so, of course, it was played at St. Fred's. And Coach Andy Robinson, I was reading, got a lot of praises uh, after the game of how he was able to to really limit Oak Grove's offense to doing much at all. Just couldn't get his his, his offense going against a, a very strong, you know, physically dominating uh, compared to his team, uh, Oak Grove squad. And, and they just eventually was able to wear him down. Uh, North Caddo gave Mangum their first loss of the year, sixty-two to twenty-eight. Final score there. That, that blew my mind because in the I believe the late third quarter was like a score difference. They were up like a score on Mangum and it was like twenty to thirteen turnovers. Like uh, it just a wild sequence of events led to that score, and and you can bet uh, Coach Wilshire's got the boys uh, ready to go when district starts or, or a district game uh, this Friday night. Really surprised they gave up that many points though. Uh, North Cato, though, no pushover. They uh, well, Craig, that, that was going to be – They'll produce Craig Beeman and be pushovers. That's true. I mean, it's true. Vivian, Louisiana, Cody. Uh, I mean, they don't produce pushovers. Which they were uh, – this was going to be and, – and talking to a few people in Mangum uh, getting, leading up to that game, that was going to be their first big test of the year. And yeah. uh, kind of saw where they need to work on. Uh, of course, the offense still put up 28 points. Yeah. But, um, you know, this – it was still a tough night, but they get Ravel this week. Ravel's kind of, you know, it's been tough. They did get their first win last yeah, Friday night, right. but 
It's going to be uh, be good for Mangum to get their first district win of the year. It's going to be a really fun game between those two. If you if you want, I think it could be a really tight game. Well, you know, this is the time of year where Rabel really starts playing. Yeah, they get the smelling salts, and, and yeah. I think it's like October comes around and everybody starts taking smelling salts, and they get their legs underneath them. They realize it's oh, it's football season. Right. Uh, it's it's not the summer. Which is crazy because this is uh, towards the end of this month is when the basketball team starts practicing. You right. would think it'd be the opposite, but you're right. They're a team that the second five of the ten game season, they're the deadliest team in North Louisiana. Yeah. You know, if you look back in the last five years, um, Washtenaw gave Bastrop their first loss Friday night, thirty-five twenty-six. About that one too. I, when I was shocked, uh, I guess it's just Bastrop the way they beat Evangel, uh, the way they put it on Wasman, who's turned out to be a really good team this year. Uh, and just all that momentum uh, Bastrop had going into the game, it just goes to show you, uh, Washita, you know, they may not be a West Monroe, but they got great 5A speed, and they were able to just pull away from Bastrop and, and make the key plays in the right moment there in the fourth quarter in a very tight ball game where we've seen Bastrop, you know, they, they chunk the ball around, and sometimes uh, when they should maybe run it, and it, it came back to bite them. Yep. Uh, Faraday all over General Trask, 58-14. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cedar Creek all over Tensaw, 44-6. It was Walsman defeating Northwood, 43-30. High-scoring game there. Uh, Pineville over Caldwell, 39-18, giving the Spartans their first loss of the year. Yeah, and I think you can look at uh, the Caldwell team and, and see this team being a top-10 seed coming in the 3A playoffs at the end of the year. They got a lot of seniors. They got a great running back in D.J. Sheffin, who is, I think, one of the one of the most dynamic um, power backs we got in there. We got a lot yeah. of speed backs, but that guy's a power runner that it can really run over you. We saw yeah. firsthand. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, to me, you take DJ Sheffin out of Caldwell and what we saw in Holly, the freshman at a union, two totally different type backs, but two of the top running backs in the area, we've seen them this year. Absolutely. Uh, OCS all over Dale High, 49 nothing. It was um, Tallulah Academy over Franklin Academy, 34-8. to Gina shut out LaSalle 34 0. It was uh, Delta Charter over Sisley Island 20 8. Um, Ravel got their first win. We just spoke about that over Vidalia 26 12. Uh, St. Mary's over Grant 47 6. Neville um, got defeated by West Monroe 41 14. When's the last time you've seen them on the opposite end of a box score like that? Of course, well, just a couple weeks ago, really. Yeah. I guess with St. Thomas Moore, you know, uh, beating them 35 7. But two times. In a year, you rarely see that with a Neville Tiger, Mickey McCartney, Neville Tigers. Right, right. So, uh, so Neville's coming into tonight's matchup at three and I believe three is it three and two? Is that right? Is it two three losses? And three and two. Three and two. So, uh, three and two versus two and three matchup this Friday night. That leads us to uh, this week's scores or this week's games. Uh, OCS is uh, playing Cedar Creek tonight in a pair of four and one matchups. Uh, on a Thursday night football. Thursday night football, and uh, a couple years ago, I remember that both these teams squared off in a, a real high-scoring affair. That's not the Cedar Creek of, of that era. I think uh, OCS has proved, especially after that Gina game, made, made a statement. They're, they're really tough to contend with in the 1A classification. Uh, Plain Dealing will be at home against Lincoln Prep tonight. Um, yeah. Well, that's why they give you two of them here. Okay. So Somebody them. will be there. Somebody will be there. Pineville and Rustin uh, tomorrow night, two and three. Uh, teams getting together. This is a five district, five A uh, contest there. Yeah, and, and I heard someone making the argument over on uh, the Monroe Sports Station. I believe a couple days ago that Ruston was the, was the best team in the, in the state that's lost a couple games this year. Yeah. Well, yeah, they played a really tough schedule. I think if you look at it, they're one of the top five as far as uh, strength of schedule in five A. 
But that doesn't mean that they're, you know, look what's to come. You, you still got West Monroe and Washita. Ash, Ash is undefeated. They're number yeah. one in the power rankings right now, Fabi. So it's going to be a tough slate for the Bearcats. Uh, Union Parish at three and two. Uh, Ooh, like we'll, this will uh, take on Sterlington. Like this game right here. It's uh, you, I haven't seen Sterlington this year. We've seen them, you know, for the past five years. Pretty. We will regular. see them before it's over with. Yes, we'll see them towards the end of the year. They'll uh, travel down to Franklin Parish, uh, but. You know, knowing what we saw at a union, we expected to see that. Could be one of those uh, games where it's just back and forth, I think, and uh, probably a point or two separating the teams yeah, by the end of the night. Smash mouth. Oh, definitely. Uh, o Grove's at home against an 0 5 Tensaw team. Uh, they'll be 4 and 2 after this game, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sisla Island is at home against St. Fred's. Um, Sisla Island started off the year 2 and 0, have lost three straight. Yeah, and, and I, I want to say I, I heard our friend Blake Wheeler. Who uh, coaches down at Delta Charter? Delta Charter, yep. who beat Sicily Island last week, say that both them and Delta Charter have sixteen players. So it's just it's hard to 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 uh, you know continue to win games, yeah. Especially with the schedule and the type of teams that Sicily Island's going to play with just sixteen players. Yeah, I mean, a- first of all, you, your players stay on the field the whole time, and you have an injury or or just somebody winded, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Those are not good numbers to have. No, nope. uh, but you are playing, you know, one A football, yep. and you're well, playing playing Oak Grove here in a couple. Of I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, Carroll will be at home against Richwood. Carroll is three and one. Richwood one and three. They call that the baby. Is that right? I or is that the Wasman. other one? Yeah, Wasman, Wasman and, and Wasman and, and Carroll. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I can still see a good matchup. Conf- yeah, we'll call that. I think one sixty five ended Richwood season. Right. I mean, they were like feeling pretty good coming into that game and. Certainly have uh, not had much to cheer about since uh, FP knocked them out. Well, they were one and one. Um, got beat by Washtaw by right. sixty-two points, and then but but they beat you know a, a Woodlawn team by a few touchdowns, and yeah. and certainly a young team. And, and Marcus Yanez, first-year coach, it's going to take a little while to, to get things back going over there. But haven't expect them to fall off quite like they have. Yeah, uh, Mangum will be at home against Rabel. Uh, that first district contest for those two teams, Rabel. Um, looking for the big river bowl. Yeah, yeah, is that right? I uh, know, I don't know. <laughs> no, I guess it would be you no know, the the Cotton Bowl, Richland, Richland Parish yeah. Cotton Bowl. Yeah. I was trying to think they're not separated by the, the big river bowl or no, the big creek bowl would be big creek FP bowl, and, FP and Mangum, which yep. we never will have apparently. Yeah. Uh, Mangum uh, looking to uh, bounce back after a lost Ravel, um, coming off their first win of the year. Yeah, Vidalia. Uh, so Vidalia, yeah. Coach Purvis uh, getting his first win as a head coach. Congratulations to him on his belt. Uh, Bastrop will be at home against Huntington. Um, Delhi Charter will travel to Beekman Charter. A pair of two and three matchups there. West Monroe will be on the road to Ash. Of course, we just talked about Ash being five and zero on the year. West Monroe uh, four and one. That one's going to be a good one to keep your eyes Lively on the morning. atmosphere. We we certainly uh, know that area well, know that stadium well, and press box. Uh, but uh, Coach Bachman, I, I think he's doing great things. I don't think they're prepared for what's coming in there tomorrow. Um, Gino will be traveling to Caldwell. That's a, a pretty good matchup there. It's a stump bowl. Yeah. It's a stump bowl, yeah. yeah that's, uh, hey, and how long has it been since you've been able to say Caldwell's got a chance in this one? Yeah, it's been, been a while. while. Been a while. Hmm. Vidalia will be at home against General Trask. Uh, Vidalia is 1-5 and five on the year. General Trask 3-2. and two. How long ago has it – you know, what What has happened since Vidalia knocked off Faraday? Yeah, just, that was just last year. Just last year, yeah. It, well, that was D, D. Faircloth. Uh, Vidalia Vikings, of course, uh, LHSA ruling came down in the offseason. Says 
no more head football coaches that aren't on staff. Which is a garbage of a rule. Of course it is. I mean, that's There's just, a lot of garbage of rules, yeah. you know, coming out of there. But uh, it certainly has affected by Dave because he, he, he brought back almost the whole team. And Joey Martin was telling me he brought back a lot of the players from that team. They just certainly haven't been able to get it together with his nephew now coaching. Yep. Uh, Madison will be at home against Faraday. Good luck, Madison. Yeah. Uh, still looking for their first might, one of the might year. Might be an O for this year for Maybe. Madison. Um, and Wasman will be at home hosting the Carr Cougars coming in. Ooh. And Carr, of course, uh, I think it was week one. I sent you the link. I, I got a link midway through the game. They were playing John Curtis on, yeah. on live on YouTube. Just watching Carr out there. They look the same every year. Very close. Very close for a while. Yeah, um, and a very close game. Yeah, yeah. you're right. They were. Uh, they came back. They were. They were down by a couple touchdowns. Came roaring back, and Car- uh, of course, Curtis pulled away at the end. But still, though, uh, Carr just reloads with these talented athletes, skilled players. But Wasman, I think, is shocking people at four and one. Uh, yeah. You know, their only losses to Bastrop, and they've rallied off. You know, several weeks where they've scored forty or more points, so they'll, they'll need at least that. Car Cougars tomorrow, uh, and Washita will host West Washita. Of course, the Chiefs are five and zero on the year, twenty nineteen, and uh, Washita is uh, coming off a big win against Bastrop some friends, last week. Uh, some media friends over in Monroe, you might you might know Cody, that have told me they're going to have an upset pick tomorrow on their show. Uh, no Chiefs. So a lot of people are believing in the Chiefs. Well, they've gone back in, in after that. that one year crazy. Of, of spread yeah. at West Washtenaw that had everybody scratching their heads for that one. I yeah. mean, uh, it's just you know, when you think of the Chiefs, you think of you know tough, strong running football. That's it. Uh, and when they did pass the ball, it was a trick pass. And they usually you know, did like well a fullback on it. pass. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen that a couple of times, but yeah, it's going to be a tough one tomorrow for the Chiefs as they start uh, District Two Five A. Is that right? Two Five A. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. To see first, how they compete. Uh, I there, the first time they've ever been in five A this year, and of course, uh, it, it just worked out to where I heard Matt Milton say it's the most kids he's ever had on, on a varsity team. He's got uh, twenty seniors, so yeah. it, it was a good year for them to go to five A. But it, after this year, who knows? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, you know, uh, Mitch Thomas. Uh, yeah. You know, legendary the, baseball coach for yeah. uh, West Washtenaw. Mm-hmm. We were at the district meeting this year when we were all talking about him moving up, and he said, hey, I'll see you all in two years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's planning on going back down in two years after this. Well, five uh, good luck. Uh, I mean, yeah. the population is still booming out there outside of West Monroe in the Cadeville Hills. Yep. And, of course, uh, tomorrow night we will be there at uh, Bill Ruppel Stadium. Yep. Neville hosting the Franklin Pierce Patriots. I, I haven't checked, but I heard a couple of whispers today that the weather might be a little, a little rainy tomorrow. A little rainy tomorrow evening. A little rainy okay. tomorrow evening. So uh, hopefully uh, we can find a nice dry spot. Well, uh, I think it's an outdoor press box at Neville. So, um Fantastic. Maybe doing it from the vehicle. <laughs> so, uh, bring, bring your deer stand. You may have to put Parker on the telephone and just <laughs> yeah, pipe him hey, through. Let him do it. it, it, it hey, no hill for this crew because uh, we, we faced uh, tougher tougher things in the past, Cody. But uh, tomorrow night, I'm just looking forward. It may be rainy, but the next day at 52 degrees as a low. It's going to be nice. Loving that. It's going to be nice. Hey, that uh, gets us set for tomorrow night's matchups. Uh, we'll uh, keep you up to date on our Winsboro Sports scoreboard tomorrow night yep. uh, during the FP Neville football game. So uh, coming up next, we've got head coach Whitney McCarty going to join us on the phone lines as we'll talk a little FP Neville tomorrow night. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast, a playback of our Thursday show on KMARMixler.com and TuneIn Radio. Tune in Thursdays at 5 p.m. for the Extra Point. Now, back to the show. 
It's the extra point. It's time for the coaches segment with Patriot head coach Whitney McCartney. Yeah, welcome back to the extra point right here on the bird. You're home for Patriot football on Friday nights. And uh, we do have uh, head coach Whitney McCartney on the line with us. Time to uh, go on over to Franklin Parish High School and check in on the Patriots. Good afternoon, coach. How you doing? Doing great, Cody. How you guys doing? Good, doing good. Well, coach, uh, before we get started, uh, I hadn't told Matt about this yet, but Matt, I'm sitting in Dallas on a, on a Sunday night, right? Cowboy, Cowboys have Cowboys have just lost yeah. to the Packers. I'm kind of feeling my I'm in my feelings a little bit about it, yeah. and I get a text message from head coach Whitney McCartney about the Raiders pulling off the, the win against the Bears. It, was it was it in, in London? London? In, in London, London, yes. You know, the only reason I knew the Raiders were playing in London, and I was watching the Saints game, uh, and it they had some sort of I guess slip up with and back at Fox, and it switched over to their game for like one minute, and I'm like. It's night, and it can't be night in Oakland. I mean, what, what's going on here? So then I looked it up, but yeah, a huge win over in front of the London crowd. Hey, uh, they're just drawing in more and more supporters, man. I'm telling you, next year in LA, watch out for them. I mean, in uh, Vegas. Yeah. Now I got this text message last Thursday during our show. We're yeah. doing our picks, and I get this text message from uh, Coach McCartney. He right. said Raiders over Bears. All right. Ooh. So Sunday night, he takes me. It. I told you, Raiders <laughs> over Bears. Yeah. So Chucky strikes again, right, Coach. So I, I got to know, Coach, the Raider, your Raiders fan, where did that start for you? 1983. I was four years old. I was standing there in front of the TV. Jack Squirek picked off Joe Theismann, ran in the end zone, and uh, he and Howie Long were in the back of the end zone celebrating at the Super Bowl. The same night, Marcus Allen had the big run. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, from that night on, I've been an Oakland Raiders fan ever since. Wow. And have never wavered my loyalty. Nice. Uh, well, I got to tell you, the black and silver doesn't get no better than those colors. No, no, that's a, that's a uh, I love that iconic. Scheme. I hope they keep that going to Vegas, Coach. Yes. Yeah, I hope they do, too. I hope they don't change nothing but the Oakland to Las Vegas. There you go. Yep, yep. Well, Coach, uh, you guys uh, had a tough one last Friday night against Union. Um, it was it was a game that uh, we you know already talking to you on Thursday about them. You knew it was going to be very uh, very tough matchup for you guys last Friday night, and uh, they they delivered exactly what we thought. But you guys kind of hurt yourselves there on offense a couple of times. Well, we did. Our biggest problem was uh, you know if you have we get we get the ball inside the twenty yard line and both times turn the ball over. Those are two times we should have scored. So that's fourteen mm-hmm. points. And then you get the bad snap on the punt and give them excellent field position. So you're looking at 21 points off of three turnovers. So you take those away, and if we score the two times, you got to tie a ball game. So that right there just goes to show. You know, and look, when you play a good team, that's what happens when you turn the ball over. Yeah, that's right. Six turnovers uh, for Franklin Parrish last Friday. And that's kind of what has been – 
Union's Achilles heel in the games they lost coming into the game, but they were able to right. take care of the football. But, you know, Coach, take away those big plays by them. The defense made some big plays. You, you look back and held, no them, held them on third down a number of times. I believe they were two for eight uh, on, on the evening. So uh, the defense stepped up. It's just those, those couple plays where they started out in, uh, you know, on the wrong side of the 50. And it really, the deep, yeah. and that's going to be skewed for people that just look at, you know, look at the score. But the defense, once again, I think is improving every week. They have, and when you think about it, there's there's three seniors on the field, and uh, everyone else is either a sophomore or a freshman in a lot of mm-hmm. cases. Um, you know, this defense is young, but man, they play hard. And you know, you got guys like Mario Whitley who make a lot of plays, and Ravion Johnson who makes some plays, but. The other night, you got Jacob Caldwell who comes through and makes some big plays. And then, of course, we lose, lose Troy Meadows, who's going to be out for two weeks now. And, you know, just someone else starts stepping up trying to make some plays. And, you know, it, it gets frustrating, but uh, Coach Collins and his guys are putting people in the right position. And, uh, you know, just same thing with us, trying to get some guys back on offense so we can get a little more blocking and, you know, uh, just, just one of them days where we want to get out there and it's not a freshman going to a freshman in a varsity game. Right, Coach. And, you know, you t- you just spoke about Troy Meadows, uh, so we, we've talked about that. But also uh, you had a, a running back, uh, uh, Cooks, who went out early in the game last yeah. week and um, uh, had had a little trouble with his hip. And uh, they, they were down yeah. there working on him. We couldn't get uh, a full uh, explanation on what was going on. But I'm assuming he is going to be missing some time as well. Well, Mike has a – sprained hip and it doesn't seem that it was a dislocation or anything like that so we're thinking he may be back in a week uh so that that's great news but uh, unfortunately sunday night i got a phone call from a grandmother and uh demetric whitlock as, as they they nicknamed him black uh demetric had to have his appendix took out wednesday and it uh, looks like he's going to be missing two maybe three weeks so uh <laughs> <laughs> the injuries don't don't stop on us, you know, man. It's it's sad, but it's one of the things. I guess it's, you know, we talk about the kids about one day life's gonna get hard on you, and I, I tell them every day, I say, guys, this is one of the times where life's hard on all of us. So, uh, but we're gonna put stuff back together, put a plan together, and go out and put a game plan and go go play Neville tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Preface, preface the Neville game with all that, which yeah. what y'all have been through to this point in the season. And coach, you think about when Whitlock is is one of those guys that's really started to come on, you know, in the last few games. But you, you've already yeah, won and two just a sophomore, and just a oh, just a sophomore. And coach, you've already won two games, and a lot of people ever thought you would this year. And your your, your team has, you know, got a number of injuries in the double digits, and you're facing a team that is mad because they got you know embarrassed last Friday night. How do you tell your team to really just you know put all that? aside and focus on just hanging in the game and doing the right plays tomorrow night? Well, I think you you don't prepare for one team harder than you do another one. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of part of the process that, you know, a lot of coaches have learned from Nick Saban is, you know, you don't you don't go one game practice harder than you do the other. You don't prepare for one like you do, you know, harder for this one or less for this one. You do every game the same way. You stick to the same process. And my 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 the whole thing I've talked to our guys about all week is let's just have a week where we don't hurt ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's have a week where we don't turn the ball over. Let's have a week where we're not missing tackles. You know, and, and those are things that happen with young players, but I've challenged them this week. Let's go one week where, hey, let's don't have any fumbles, any interceptions. Let's not miss any tackles, and let's see what happens. 
Yeah, Coach, well, you, you, you're starting, of course, it starts tomorrow night with Neville, this uh, new-look district, but it's still got a good, uh, you know, old-style feel to it, but you've got a couple of new teams that are coming in this district. you still got Neville and Basher to contend with, uh, and then yep. Huntington will be a part of that, and Menden as well to wrap up the year. So it's it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting to to kind of get a feel for how this district is going to ride um you know in the coming years but you know that's a that's a gauntlet of teams left on the schedule Neville Bastrop um Huntington uh of course that you know Sterlington uh, and Menden yeah that's going to be uh, a tough last five game stretch and coach if I'm right I think Brister is the quarterback as of right now for the Neville Tigers how how different is he and what 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 does he do to make the Neville offense look different than what we've seen in the past with you know guys like DRS and of course Jordan Thomas who was a very yeah. dual threat type quarterback? Well, I, he's more of a your pro style guy. He's like his dad, he's he's not a runner. I would say as much as the other quarterbacks were. Uh, he does have a really good arm. He's got good accuracy. Uh, they are throwing it around a little bit more than they Neville normally does in the past. Uh, but he's just, like I say, he's that prototypical pro-style quarterback. And um, not to say he can't run because he has had some runs, uh, but, you know, that's not what they want to do with him the most. They want to lean on those good running backs they've got around him. And uh, he's, he's, he's pretty accurate. So I think with us, it's trying to keep everything in front of us. Don't give up the big play. You know, let them throw the short stuff and let's, let's rally to the ball, make the tackle, and make them have to drive the field. Absolutely. Well, Coach, uh, I want to say good luck to you tomorrow night against uh, Neville, and uh, we uh, certainly appreciate you taking time out to chat with us, and uh, uh, we'll be uh, live here on the radio tomorrow, so uh, good luck for the Patriots. Hey, I appreciate y'all, Cody, and thanks for everyone who supports us, and we'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Go Patriots. Absolutely. Luck, there coach. we have it. Uh, bring so your raincoat. A couple of yeah, bring your raincoat. Uh, a couple of more injuries to that, add that to that total there. That is mind-boggling. Of course, um, we're just hearing about that. This is our first here. We looked at the list last week on the show, Cody, and it was hard to imagine then. And we talk about it so much, but it, it really is. It's the story of the season. The story of the season is not only the fact that they pretty much exited and graduated everybody that contributed on offense. Right. And several defensive players. It was the fact they had only have a few seniors this year and not a lot of guys that have a lot of experience. And then on the fact of that, you now have 15 players pretty much injured and guys that have already stepped up and grown as the season's gone along, got a lot of experience on their belt. It looks like, you know, Troy Meadows, to me, is the best player on the team. Uh, not to take away anything from anybody else, but what, he, what he's able to do on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, and on special teams. And he's a senior. Uh, to lose him is, is certainly going to hurt for the next couple of weeks, but – but Whitlock has, has really shown he's going to be one of those special-type defensive players in the yeah. next coming years being a sophomore. And to lose him at non-football injury yeah, uh, is just yeah. kind of typical of what's happened to the Patriots this year. Well, we'll be there live tomorrow night, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. The Patriots traveling to Bill Ruffle Stadium to take on the Neville Tigers. And you can hear all the action right here on your home for Patriots football, KMAR, Mixler.com, and TuneIn Radio. Coming up next – we have our pigskin pick'em for this week, and uh, yeah, the uh, it has stretched out a little bit more. Uh, somebody's not here. Somebody's not to here to defend huh? himself, so we get to pick. Is that right? I think that's how it goes. So we get to jump in him. The initial right? charter, I think we, that's what we wrote. Fifteen games, we get to jump him. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Doesn't matter whether he won it or lost it. Hey, we'll be back right after this. 
You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast, a playback of our Thursday show on KMAR, Mixler.com, and TuneIn Radio. Tune in Thursdays at 5 p.m. for the Extra Point. Now, back to the show. It's the Extra Point. Well, I woke up this morning, it was drizzling rain. Around the curb come a passenger train Heard somebody yodel and a hobo moan Jimmy, he dead, he's been a long time gone Been a long time gone A long time gone Hey, welcome to the Extra Point Welcome back, rather, to the Extra Point Uh, Yeah, Woke up this morning, it was drizzling rain. You don't forget the rain jackets tomorrow because yes, you could sir. be, could be dealing like with that. Cold front going to be moving on through and uh, some good fall weather on Saturday. Yes. Um, Cody, uh, speaking of fall, you'll get a kick out of this. I don't think I've told you this. I got some pictures to, to prove it. Last, okay, since this past January, I finally threw out a pumpkins from Halloween that were rotting. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Benjamin had painted them and you know, mm-hmm. he wouldn't let me throw them out. So I snuck out one night and threw them in the ditch. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I saw a vine growing in the ditch, and I said, Scott, it looks like water. I didn't, I forgot about the pumpkins. Yeah. Scott, looks like a watermelon vine growing in the ditch. Went out there a couple, uh, about a week later, it's pumpkins. Pumpkin. We got six of them. Six real pumpkins grew in our ditch. So if anybody tells you pumpkin farming's ditch water hard, right there. <laughs> if anybody tells you pumpkin farming's hard, they are certainly <laughs> making that up, my friend. As uh, Benjamin now wakes up every morning, he's got to go check the crop. So uh, he's a pumpkin farmer. Pumpkin farmer? So, hey, look, you got pumpkins to paint and to, to carve and all got that. Plenty yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Something. That's yeah, what you got, ought to you do. You got the pumpkin patch, you know, Curry Farms, and <laughs> Liddyville pumpkin patch now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exciting. I mean, I, it's, it's your boy's favorite time of the year. It so is. You gotta, I love it. And uh, a little nip in the air like comes Christmas Saturday's morning for that kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's every day. Yep. All right, so uh, we, as we get ready for our uh, picks and pick 'em session of this uh, show, um, yeah, last week was not kind for uh, hardly any of us, but it was a lot kinder to you two than okay, it was so, for me. Yeah, I talked to you the week before. You had a kind of a rough week, and I said, Aiden, so was it Piper and Trina pick this week, or was it just. Uh, nah. Okay, it was just a bad week. It was just a bad week. I've had those before. It's terrible. I've had those. You know, um, None of us had a good week. No, I mean no. nobody. Nobody. I mean, we're not picking the spread. We're picking straight up, right? Yeah. Of course, there's yeah. no spread in high school, but at least we should be able to win at least ten games a week. There's a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, nine and six. You two went last week. I went. Don't seven go to and Vegas eight. on our account. No, it's just 2019 totals. Double J at 54 and 21. Matt right behind him. One pick behind him. 53, 22. Yeah. I am a good. Uh, six picks behind it. 48 and 27. But I'll say this. After looking at the picks for this week, it could shift one way. It could shift real good for you or real bad real for Real bad for me, yep. Yeah. Uh, let's go with our first uh, high school pick, Union Parish, tomorrow night hosting Sterlington. So uh, I got some friends at Norlaw Sports that put out lines every week. Yeah. Uh, which is really rare for high school games. They don't they don't take bets. They do it for entertainment. They got yeah. a program. They, and they do it based off of – They put uh, in all the information and, and, and all the – what they – what. You know the teams are what five A through one A what 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 they score a game what, how many yards they put in the game and it goes into this database and it produces a line okay so the line on this game yeah is a pick'em straight up and I've never seen that 
since they've been putting them out for the past couple of years. And I think it truly is. Uh, so they're at Union, right? We're at Union. Yeah. You've been there. Yes, I have. It's a fun little fun little environment. Greatest press box in North Louisiana. They got fireworks pregame. That's Tread. a plus. Yeah. I think they pulled off the upset, Cody. Wow. I, I mean, I think that I think that Sterlington's probably the favorite, but and they've had a week off to prepare. That's another thing to consider. Sterlington's had a week to prepare, heal up. But what I saw last week at a, at again and Holly, who by the way rushed for a thousand yards as an eighth grader last year. Did you yeah. know I didn't know this until a couple of days ago. As a freshman, he might be the fastest back we've seen this year as a freshman. He's 15. Okay, uh, he's going to have to have a great night, though, because Sterlington's going to offer a challenge. But I'll go with the upset. Go with the upset. I'll, uh, I'm going to the com- I'm going to the opposite. I'm going to pick the, the favorite in this one. I'm going with the Sterlington Panthers. Uh, you know, like you said, had a week off last week. Uh, they are a few kids shy of being a 4A football team right now. No, no doubt. Yeah, and they will be. They've the had a pretty good – four or five year run too. the next time it, the, the districts are redrawn um you know they're going to be they're going to be sitting right here with us uh could be in that same district with us here in Please a couple years so oh, gosh. i'm just saying um so uh, uh let's see uh mangum That's, is going to be giving just picks oh yeah sorry uh mangum uh jeff, jeff picked sterling okay this game um, get well soon, buddy. I just right. found out he's not feeling well under the weather. So yeah. get well. We got we need you on the sideline tomorrow. That's right. That's right. Uh, we'll have you a rain jacket, right? <laughs> Mangum <laughs> will be at home against Rabel tomorrow night. I covered this game a few years ago at, at Mangum. They were the favorite going in. Rabel was able to produce like four turnovers and they ended up winning by, I think, three points. I think it'll be a lot like that. Something like, you know, 31 to 28. But I think it'll go Mangum's, Mangum's favor this time. Scott Wilshire highly upset about it. You know, he's a defensive coach. Yeah. You know, you give up 60 points, you're going to be upset about it. Yeah. I think you'll have him ready to play. Yeah, I, I'm going with uh, Mangum in this game, but I don't think it's going to be about a three-pointer. I think they're going to win oh, by yeah? multiple okay. touchdowns. Uh, Ravel's just, you know, talking ready. with those guys over there, uh, you know, they're trying to establish a culture. Um, the uh, Outside of basketball? Yeah, outside of basketball. They're yeah. trying to establish a culture in football where you – you work all off season, which you know. Keep in mind, Coach Purvis didn't get that job until a few weeks before the season started. So, yeah. I mean, you're you're looking at having to having to build something in three weeks, and then the the schedule that was left by the former coach, right, did not do him any favors early on. Uh, I think they will get better as the year goes on. The more they the more they practice, yeah, get thanks involved a lot, in Lent the Percy. Yeah, um, uh, but this that is guy a true... is not getting a Christmas card this year. <laughs> not doing it. Uh, this is a true rivalry game, though. Yeah. All these kids know each other on both sides of the ball. They know they're by their first name. So that's what that's what you wonder. You never know what could happen in this type of game. Yeah, I think Mangum has a bounce back week against uh, Ravel Friday night. Jeff also takes Mangum in this game. Um, Gina going to Caldwell. Caldwell is, uh, yeah, like you said earlier, it's the first time in a while we've been able to say this game I, is uh, interesting. I don't care if it's raining and it's cooler tomorrow night. Turn the press box air on right now. Somebody, oh, you can't because it blows us short in, in the breaker. <laughs> but uh, we experienced But that. it will be a little cooler tomorrow for whoever's <laughs> well, yeah. over there. Yeah. <laughs> you hope so, yeah, yeah. For, for the referee's sake because he will, he will quit on you. He will. But, uh, yeah, for the first time in a long time, it's I think it's going to be a competitive game. I, I was listening to some radio last week, and Gina's had a lot of injuries apparently. Um, they, they're getting some of those guys back. But, but Caldwell, I think what we saw to DJ Sheffin, He's the X factor in this game. I don't think they should throw the football. They should just try to run it down Gina's throat. We've seen both teams. Yep. I think they're very similar. I think they're, they're they really are very similar type teams. 
I think Caldwell gets the biggest win in probably the past five or six years and upsets Gino. Upset Mario. special. Woo, yeah, I got the bell. Upset special. Look, Mom, I got the bell. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do not feel the same way. Okay, I didn't think you uh, would. Yeah, I you know, the Sterlington Union game, we, we talked about hard smash mouth football. This is I gonna told be you a, some things were going to be It's going to be the week. same way. This is going to oh, be yeah. another hard yeah. hitting. Uh, I've seen both of these teams. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen both of these teams mm-hmm. play. I like Gina's defense a little more than I like Caldwell's defense. Both offenses, you know, they have those breakout guys. They got a guy who could run away. You talk about Chef and Gina's got a guy who can run away too. Um, it kind of worried me. Gina had trouble with Los- well, they didn't have trouble with him, but they didn't really run over Lasalle last week. Yeah, yeah maybe one of those we're looking ahead maybe type so. games. Um, you know, as 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 opposed to us, we were going over there going, yeah, yes. Let's yeah. do this. Let's let's win this game. So, uh, give me give me Gina in this one. And how, how uh, many? Here's the question: not the the line on the game or the over under. How many camouflage jackets are going to be oh, in tons. the stadium tomorrow night tons. at Caldwell? It's probably going to be some with their their uh, be logo. A squirrel stew cooking yeah. somewhere <laughs> in that parking lot, friend. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Jeff takes uh, Gina as well. We head to Wasman, where the Car Cougars come into town to take Ooh. on the Wildcats tomorrow night. Don't you just want to be there just to see them? I just want to see the, the field. Yeah, yeah. I just want to see Carr yeah. run out of the field. I've got four different videos, all from the Superdome and the state championship games mm-hmm. when they did that. I almost got run over one year because uh, there, there's one super good video, Cody, from the Superdome where before they run the field, it's the cameraman is like in the tunnels, yes, in the stadium, and the band is coming through the tunnel and doing like a little routine as they enter the field and they get on the field, and then Carr, the team, of course, comes out with their routine, yeah. And it, it's amazing. Uh, it, it's one of those Louisiana traditions. You don't see any other high school in the country that that has quite that entrance into a game each and every week. And is you know nationwide, people know who Ed Nakari is not only because of their talent, but also their swag. That's right. The field. They got. They got it. They got it. Um, I'll take Carr in this game. Yeah, I, I really want to take Wasman because Dean Smith has, has had done a great job this year, uh, winning four straight after losing to Bastard. But can't do it, man. I, I can't do it. Not against Carr. Now, it's were, one of the, one of the few teams in three A. I was like, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Jeff goes car as well. Yeah. Um, Washita will be at home against West Washita tomorrow night. West Washita try to stay unbeaten. And I thought about this one too for a minute, and then I thought, mm-hmm. wait, Washita just beat Bastrop. There's going to be a lot of mismatches on the field tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, Washita. I think West Washita is going to be able to hang with them for a little while. There's going to be a lot of people that West Washita just simply cannot cover. Their defense is not going to be able to cover a lot of Washtal's athletes. That's going to be the deciding factor. Washtal wins by a few scores, I think. Yeah, Washtal by three three touchdowns. I like it, yeah. Uh, Jeff takes Washtal as well. We head to college picks where we've got a uh, slew of Ooh. top 25 matchups and one at the end that we're going to get to that's a rivalry game, so it might as well be a top 25 sure. matchup. Uh, we start off in Tiger Stadium. The number five LSU Tigers at home. And Death Valley, they host number seven Florida tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, you think about '97 when Florida comes in. Uh, LSU's not not that great that year. Um, Florida's number one in the country, and they're the, the they're the Alabama of that era, that time frame. And it was one of the most treasured moments in LSU history. They they knock off Florida. Like I said, they snap the goalposts like twigs. Uh, I don't think that's happened again since then uh, as far as the goalposts coming down. Ten years later, you know, LSU was on a, a run of destiny. They didn't know it at the time, knocking off Florida there with the 5-for-5 five five and Tim Tebow and, you know, 
that same night, UC, USC, who was kind of the juggernaut and media darling at the time, sure. getting beat by Stanford, set up them on a path to the Superdome and winning the national title that year. Uh, this this kind of has that same feeling. I don't something about this game. Obviously, they're under both teams are undefeated in the top ten, but I'm, I'm telling you all, as as like you, Cody, have grown up watching LSU football. I've never seen. A, a team like LSU that I was confident in where I can just turn the game off like, okay, they're going to score 50 points. Yeah. That, that's just so foreign to me where you just don't even worry about it. Okay, they're going 600 yards. You just expect it now. And and to me, this game sets up as kind of the leaping off point as a possible national championship run. Yeah. We get, we'll get we get a good gauge on if they're ready this week. Yep. Uh, so LSU. LSU. Uh, take LSU Florida as well. Ready. Florida uh, ain't ready. Florida, I, I say yeah. LSU breaks 40 on them. Oh, they will. Yeah. The, the defense has been praised for Florida, but they've faced freshman Bo Nix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Get ready, buddy, because it's going to be a lot different. Saturday. Yeah. And, and Florida's and offense. Florida's offense. You know, Auburn, Auburn's got a good defense. Great they, defense. And, and they gave Florida fits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot they, of turnovers. Tough. Uh, but, you know, Auburn would turn around and repay the favor with the turnover. I'm not as worried about so. Florida's quarterback situation as I, after seeing Auburn because I think we're going to see the best defensive performance of the year for LSU on Saturday. Really, in my eyes, it's, it's not – what's his name? Trask? 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 Um, it's it's not him I You know, he got hurt, had to leave the game. I texted you about it. I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's, yeah, this ain't good. But the guy who came in for him – yeah. Was a running quarterback right. and, and took him right down the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I think they had to settle for a field goal, maybe. Yeah. But something about that change of eye, uh, getting a new, just a new blood back there yeah. that does things a little different, throws the defense off. He, he would be the one I'd be worried about. I mean, yeah. that, that to me would be, should be Florida's future. Can, that can kid, you I'm, imagine about being tomorrow evening, the rain, maybe the rain's passed, you know, the sun's starting to trickle down, it's 5 p.m. Tailgating, you know the jambalayas, you know the aroma of jambalaya and all fried gators flowing through outside the stadium. The atmosphere of that place tomorrow night. Yes, uh, they do sell beer there now too. By the way, yes, it's gonna it's gonna be jamming throughout the game. It's no more leaving at halftime, especially not at this game. No, no. LSU. Matt uh, takes LSU. Jeff takes LSU. Number six, Oklahoma. Against number 11, Texas, the over-under should be about 130 in this game. <laughs> i tell you what, they're fun to watch, Oklahoma. I've, I've just watched their highlights. I've always – obviously, I didn't like Jalen Hurts first yeah, couple years, But sure. after last year, what he went through with two, and all, I, I became a fan of, of him. You know, if not Alabama, but certainly him. I'm not a fan of him anymore because I, I know that LSU eventually, to get to where they need to go, they might have to face them. Mm-hmm. Um Texas has a great quarterback, too, Sam Ellinger. I don't think Texas has the defense to stop Oklahoma, so I think that's why they win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that, too. Jalen Hurts has played in these types of situations before. Oh, yeah. It's Big 12. They're going to give up points. I mean, we've we've seen it. You know, that's They're going to score points, but they're yeah. going to give up points. So that's why I say the over-under should be about 120, I, I do like Lincoln Riley, though, man. If I – these two coaches, it's like the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, I really admire Lincoln Riley. I really do not like Tom Herman for a lot of reasons. So, and I'm, I'm rooting for Oklahoma. Uh, let's see. Jeff goes Oklahoma as well, pretty much because Oklahoma's ranked higher than Texas. I watched him. He was actually in my office when he made these picks, and that's exactly what he yeah. did. So, I can uh, answer all that. Alabama 
will be uh, at number twenty four Texas A and It's a rain game, so it got on the schedule. It got on the pick 'em, but it is what it is. Texas, they're not going to beat Alabama. Texas A and M is not even they not who they thought they were. No. And well, they're a top ten team preseason. Top ten. Yeah, sure. Yep. So they're not even close to that. I think they're a top twenty five team though, but. That's not going to beat Alabama. I think Alabama cruises. They lose to Alabama, though. They'll slip out of the top 25. They, they will. They're 24 right now. And that would be their, what, third third loss of the yes. year already. So, um, I, I do think this game is going to be closer than maybe, say, Alabama Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be closer. But there's no way a yeah. beats Alabama. Not, not happening. Jeff takes uh, Alabama as well. We go to, uh, let's see, Iowa. We're number 17 ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. We'll take on the number ten ranked Penn State Tried to Nittany tell Lions. You boys, last week tried to tell you, Iowa did. Iowa could not compete with the Khakis, the Fighting Khakis of Michigan. Although they only scored one touchdown, yeah, that's all they needed. I thought it would be a little more than that, but uh, that will not save Harbaugh's job. By the way, but no, uh, no. that has me concerned about Iowa scoring three points last week. That's yeah. why I can't, can't go against. Penn State in this game. I, I I don't think Penn State's going to be a team that's going to be in the Final Four, but they win this week. Yeah, Penn State across the board. Jeff takes them as well. Uh, Notre Dame yeah. at home against USC. That's why I say USC is not ranked, but this being what it is, it should be a top 25 matchup. Yeah, and I saw Colin Cowherd salivating over Brian Kelly and his greatness, as he said this week at Notre Dame. I mean, yeah, he's been in the playoff, but should he have been? What was his nah. performances when he got his teams there? I, I don't think Notre Dame's going to run away convincingly in this game, but I think they win. I think the Brian Kelly era of them getting to the playoff is over. I think that, that era is gone. That era is gone. But I do think they beat USC, who's still struggling to try to build things back up after uh, you know a rough run of uh, changing athletic directors in the yeah. year. Yeah, a lot of changeover yeah. at USC. Uh, I'll take Notre Dame as well. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be a little farther apart than that. I, th- I think Notre Dame's a lot better than than you know. I mean, they went to Georgia and had a shot. I'm still sold on Georgia. I'm well, still sold on Georgia. Yeah, sure. I understand that. I'm not either. Uh, yeah. But but I still am. I don't. No, I don't know. I guess they're a top ten team. Yeah, but they don't deserve to be in the playoff when with the schedule they have and, no. and refusing to join a conference. Yeah. I guess it's more of anger about that than anything. Because uh, you see what happens once they get to the playoff. They are totally overmatched. Yeah, it's not. That, they're not thing. ready for they that. They won't be overmatched ready Saturday, that. though. Uh, Notre Dame across the board. We uh, start our pro picks. Uh, and we start in Minnesota where the Vikings uh, finally got back to winning football last week because they beat Danny Dimes and company in New York. Thank you for that. Uh, they, we needed that. Uh, they will host the uh, NFC East team, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have kind of got back to yeah. uh, you know, winning football. You hate football. that. I know you hate yeah, that. Yeah, I do. They're, you know, they're it's hard for you to pick the, the Eagles, division. so I don't think you will. But um, I think this sets up for an Eagles win. I really do. I think that – the Vikings, I just, I'm not so, I love the running back. I love Cook. I think he's great. I think he's one of the best in the NFL. That's about all in that offense I think you like right now. Too much uh, unrest in the locker room right now. That can never be a good thing with Diggs. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Eagles win. Uh, I'm going Vikings. Um, number one, I hate the Eagles. The passion. Yeah. They threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Come on, man. You can't, you can't, <laughs> Eagles pick, fans, can't pick a team with that. They're, they're worse than Raiders fans. Oh yeah, in the black hole in the, in oh, Oakland. Yeah. yeah, they're worse. Yeah. They're way worse. I think. But 
You know, the Eagles The Eagles got lucky a couple of weeks ago. Thursday night football, Green Bay, they beat the Packers mm-hmm. and Lambeau. But they, they that shouldn't have went down the way it did. You know, the, that's they got their season back on track. That though. did get their season back on track. South. But I, I feel like the referees inside of two minutes should have reviewed that last play on the interception for for pass oh, interference. Yeah. That would have been a prime. That's a prime opportunity to put that rule into effect and put to bed what I mean. We we don't know what a catch is, yeah. and now we don't know what pass interference is. That's right. We don't and, know. And of course, this is all stemming from. Last year, last year, yeah. The Saints, yeah. So, yeah, and, and we've seen it through the first five weeks of the year. Everybody, almost every team, has challenged a pass interference penalty, and they're completely stumped whenever the the call comes back <laughs> that, that it possible? stands because it's it's a complete. You look at it, it's pass interference. Anything that mm-hmm. that keeps the receiver from being able to catch a football is pass interference. Yeah. But for some reason, it's like they put the rule in to appease the New Orleans fan base but yet they're like hey we're gonna put this in but we're still gonna call it the way we always have exactly you know what i'm saying it does seem that way yeah we're gonna put this rule in but we're still gonna call it the same way we always Mm -hmm. have aaron Rodgers should have had another opportunity um a fresh set of downs he would have had four more downs to get in the end zone i think they would have and it would have been a different story but the eagles got the win uh i'm not sold on wince i never have been no I, i just i feel like you know 2016 you know, the Cowboys won the division. Uh, to 2017, they said, all right, the Eagle, this is the Eagles' year. They're going to win the division. They're going to do it. 2017, Zeke goes out for six games. I think that helped them win that division and get to the playoffs. Wentz gets hurt. Foles comes in, leads them to the Super Bowl. Yep. And then last year, again, Wentz gets hurt three or four games before the season's over with, and they still had opportunity for a wild card spot then. Well, I'll tell you, so, he's not going to win the division. It's the Redskins. No, they're not. My Poor good. Jay Gruden, man. What? How are you going to make a guy get up at 5 a.m. to come get fired? Bruh. You could have waited till brunch. Bruh. I, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm just and, saying. And and I know it is, it's easy to say poor Jay Gruden, but how, how happy is that guy not to have to deal with that dumpster <laughs> fire anymore in Washington and the owner over there? Oh, and they, he's got the money. He can go chill and eat 10 pizzas and just watch TV, you know, watch primetime on his phone. Not not have to worry about the Washington. I, I'm happy for him to get out of that because it was a it was never going to be anything more than what it was. Yeah, the Washington Redskins. Yeah, until Look, maybe they, until Daniel Snyder's gone. Maybe brother John will give him a job for the rest of the year, just <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of helping out around the yeah. locker room or whatever. But yeah, you're right. Since Daniel Snyder took over for the Redskins, hey, they have been, been garbage it's since been 2000. I didn't know this. I heard this on the radio today. Since 2000, the Redskins have had seven different head coaches. Oh. I never realized. Since 2000. Wasn't um, – And Jay Gruden was the longest tenured one out of the seven. What's Shanahan Only been there, there five. Was Sh- Shanahan was in yeah. there. Um, I, I thought he was in there somewhere. Uh, it's been so many of them. And you kind of feel sorry you know, from the Ohio State quarterback, Hask- Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Because apparently the, the uh, uh, either the coaches, one or the other, the coaches or the – the admins in the office, the upper leg mustache, and you know, sitting yeah. there making all the uh, you know analysts that tell them who to draft. Sure, yeah. uh, wanted didn't want him. I'm not I'm not sure which one it was, but they were pulling against each other. So I, I actually I think it was the coaches' staff on the ground that didn't want him. They wanted to draft someone different, but Snyder and his minions wanted Has, uh, Dwayne Haskins, and so he's caught in the middle here. Yeah, where. 
you know, he, he's just in a no-win situation. Maybe with getting a new coach, he might, you know, end up getting some time. But I, I think he ends up out of Washington eventually. Well, the the uh, the new interim head coach is going to be Bill Callahan, longtime coach mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, he is a uh, he's an O line, he's an offensive guy. So if anybody could probably get him in there, it's going to be Bill mm-hmm. Callahan. But yeah, the, yeah, you're right. There was something off. I don't think Jay Gruden wanted to put him in against the Giants a couple weeks ago. Right. And uh, he did, and then everybody thought from then it's going to be the Haskins show for Washington. Colt McCoy ends up starting last weekend against New <laughs> that England. That was so bizarre. And, and that that's guy's what, even still in the That's league. what the guys on the radio were saying. They were like, all right, yeah. What did what did Daniel Snyder expect him to do? Beat the Patriots? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. What did they expect him to do? I just I think uh I think Snyder thought it was just, you know, that was a opportune time for him to do what he was probably gonna do before the year was over with. Um so back to the Eagles and yeah. the Vikings. I'll go Eagles. I'm going Vikings and Jeff uh, is going Eagles as well. Uh New Orleans is undefeated without Breeze. Yes, and and the defense is playing. You know, they're the uh, identity of the team right now. They really are. And Teddy Bridgewater, I thought, had his best game. He threw a couple of great, you know, touchdown passes. Uh, but certainly don't want to rely on the offense right now if you're going to win a game. The defense is going to be ones. And you know, Jacksonville's a mess. But it still kind of worries me. I was just say going this, into Jacksonville. Yeah, be careful. Be careful. Certainly sets up for for something bizarre happening. You losing on some turnovers. You got the mustache over there. Yeah, Gardner yeah. Minshew. That guy's then captured the world by storm. Hey, be uh, careful. Yeah, you know the mustache and the jorts and yeah. in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Saints win, but uh, it's certainly a toss up. I think they could very easily go the other way. I think it's going to be another good defensive battle yeah. uh, between uh, New Orleans and Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a really good defense. I mean, they were able to shut down Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, you know that was that was. Uh, no, I mean, they're two years removed from almost being the Super Bowl. You're right. I mean, you're right. So I mean, they got some guys. They got they, some dudes. They started out bad. Jalen Ramsey wanted out, and yeah. they don't want out. And I know nobody yeah. knows what he wants. Yeah, so, drive, you know, so drive an armored truck to practice before yeah. the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saints all, yeah. all Saints all, all across the board. But I think it's a I think it's a good defensive game. Forty uh, ers are the remaining unbeaten team mm-hmm. in the NFC as they defeated Cleveland Browns. Uh, and I saw today that. Uh, Cleveland reportedly is shopping Odell Beckham around. What? Possible oh, trade. It's Cleveland. It's, it's something. It's something Cleveland. bad there. Uh, but they travel to L.A. to take on the Rams. This is the NFC West battle here. Um, you've got three teams in the NFC West right now with winning records. Yeah. And uh, that's – You saw the game last Thursday night. Rams certainly have a bad taste in their mouth. Um, they're at home. 49ers, I think, are a little bit under the radar. That team hasn't really gave them much respect, or at least the national pundits haven't. But I do think the Rams bounce back at home, um, being that they lost last week, and and they certainly have the talent to beat the 49ers. I do think they're very similar, though, Cody, but I think the Rams get the win. So you're going to Rams there? Uh, I'm going with the 49ers. I think think the 49ers have, uh, uh, like you said, they're flying under the radar. They looked really good Monday night defensively. Um, really good. Both, uh, and and Garoppolo is, you know, he's picking up kind of where he left off last year. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's it's he's healthy. been sitting it's under healthy. Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, people forget this guy learned from mm-hmm. the best in the NFL. That's right. On how he, to do things. Yeah, and, and Belichick loved him. Yeah. Uh, and, and 49ers had to pay a hefty price. They did. To, to sign him on. But, they uh, did. 
Yeah, I think this is the game of the week in the NFL. Um, Falcons are at the Cardinals. Um, this this was a tough right. one to pick because I, I think both teams are dumpster fires. They, they're not great. They call this the dumpster bowl. <laughs> they're um, not great. But I, I think the Falcons have more weapons, so I went with the Falcons. Yeah, but I'm, I, don't, I find it hard to pick Matt Ryan ever again. I, I just – just at a, at, a, at a principle. I mean, just look at the guy. No, I, I, I don't like the Falcons here because I think that I think that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is due for a, a good win, and I think this is the best chance to do it for the next few weeks. So I think they get it. Kyler Murray's getting better. Yeah. He's, he's he learning growing? a few things. He he's taller? growing a little bit better. Huh? He's getting taller? No, he's not getting taller. Oh, okay. But he's he's starting to see things a little better. Yep. You know, he, he admitted it after the game on Sunday – uh, you know, even though they lost, mm-hmm. you know, he admitted that you know it's it's getting a little easier for him to, you know, yeah. that that whole situation was weird to me. The way Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury got that job and then yep. yeah. drafted the guy that he wanted, yeah, that you know, he, that and just been following since junior high. Yeah, it was and, weird. And Josh Rosen was already there, and yeah. he, everybody hated him. It was strange. You trade him to Miami, and, <laughs> like uh, which I'm I'm a little upset. You don't have the Miami. Uh, Washington game. <laughs> oh yeah, on, on the, yeah, yeah. that would have right, been a good one. Yeah. Both teams are looking for their first win. win. Yeah, I, I like the Cardinals. Uh, I'm going uh, going Falcons, mm-hmm. and uh, Double J, of course, is not going to pick the Falcons, so he goes Cardinals. Uh, final one: Lions traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh, last weekend, Aaron Rodgers, 236 yards, no touchdowns. And Very still awkward. scored thirty four points in <laughs> yeah, the game. That's, 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 that's impressive. Certainly, certainly not impressive. typical of the Packers. Uh, this Packers team is like they're right at the cusp of being an A team, I think, in the NFC, but they're not quite there yet. But I think they get the win over the Lions. Who they're the Lions? Uh, I don't think they're they're going to be beating Green Bay in Green Bay. But you know, stranger things happen. Stafford, if he's going to do it, it's got to be this year. Yeah, it's it's time. But. Uh, Rodgers gets it done. Well, you know, they were 30 seconds away from beating the Chiefs a couple weeks ago where the Lions. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs did a, a not crazy look game. great. They did on the Sunday night. No, uh, the yeah. Colts Colts abused them how, bad. How, how, I mean, that's pretty – that's that's an eye-opening win for the Colts. Well, you know, they got they got to uh, they got to Patrick Mahomes. They hit him yeah. a little bit. You know, I don't know if you saw him, but he's he was nursing a – either a right leg injury or maybe around his hip or something, but he was in some obvious pain. Mm-hmm. And, and the Colts just, I'm telling you, they they abused him all night long. They were physical. Which, it reminds me, uh, Dad, my dad was texting me during that game because I guess he, he's not a real NFL watcher, but he was saying this Chiefs quarterback can really throw it, and I reminded him that yeah, LSU put it on him a few years ago, and I looked up the LSU Texas Tech highlights, and I don't know if you remember, but – he really got thrown around in that game. Yeah, that was the Fournette, of course, the last. Yeah, the yeah, Fournette, that was the bowl Arden game. Key and all those guys. Yeah, but uh, you know, he was still a, a good quarterback back then. But LSU had their way with him that night. Well, LSU, he came back the next year, of course. Yeah, he was a sophomore that year. Yeah, LSU's done that to a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Oh, uh, they, yeah, they, uh, that, they made kick, him pay that in Florida. Kicker from Louisville right. still looking for his teeth after Darius Geis. <laughs> yeah. Tried to tackle Darius Geis on a kickoff yeah. return. Don't Went, do it. Wasn't good. Don't do it, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, the final one, Packers across the board. Uh, let's say Green Bay goes to 5-1 and one on the year after yeah, this week. Um, so, uh, you look at uh, another week in the, the books, and we get set for a new week. And, uh, man, it's we've got some really good football games looking forward to tomorrow night. Yep. I got, of course, some – 
a full slate of really good college football. ULM playing tonight on ESPNU. Yes. 8 o'clock against uh, Texas State. Texas State down there south of Austin. I uh, saw Dietrich and all the guys. Of course, Dietrich is, went to Texas State, so he knows those stomping grounds. I think he uh, you know, had to jump in the river naked as a freshman. There's a river that runs through camp. He told me the story. I don't know. Don't Sorry to give you that image. Uh, but he's down there right Thank now. Um, so, yeah, there is football to watch tonight if you want to watch that. Um, but, yeah, follow us uh, at Extra Point KMAR at, Matt, at By Matt Reynolds. Of course, you can find us each and every week podcast the show, Cody. Also, the Apple Podcast and Spotify and a number of other places. But tune in if you can tomorrow night on the Booming Towers of KMAR. Tune in radio, Mixler.com if you can't catch it on the radio signal. That's right. Uh, the Patriots will get set to take on the Neville Tigers tomorrow night. We'll have all the action for you at 6.30 with the Farm Bureau Insurance Patriot pregame show and kickoff at 7. Until next Thursday, uh, Matt Reynolds, Cody Mack here. We'll uh, have a great weekend, fall weekend, a great fall weekend. That's it's right. going to be beautiful weather See y'all at the stadium tomorrow night. Come on out. for tuning in to The Extra Point. Tune in each Thursday during football season for The Extra Point with Cody Maroney and Matt Reynolds. Thanks for tuning in to the Extra Point Podcast. You can listen live weekdays at 5 p.m. during football season on KMAR, Mixler.com, and TuneIn Radio. Or you can catch the playback of our show right here each Friday. Be sure to share our weekly episodes with your friends on all social media platforms.